gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Well, welcome everyone to Functional Medicine Research. I'm Dr. Hedberg, and today I'm going to be talking about a relatively new study on the autoimmune paleo diet and Hashimoto's disease. So we've never really had any uh, specific studies looking at diet and Hashimoto's and an autoimmune style diet to see what would happen. And uh, this is a preliminary study, um, small sample size, uh, a lot of issues with it, but a lot of really good things as well. And so I want to break all those down for you. The exact title of the paper is The Efficacy of the Autoimmune Protocol Diet as part of a multidisciplinary supported lifestyle intervention for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This was published by Dr. Abbott in April of this year of 2019. So I've written about the autoimmune paleo diet before. I did a podcast on it. There was a paper looking at the uh, effects of this diet on inflammatory bowel disease. And it did show some promising results. But the authors begin, they just talk about all the different potential causes of Hashimoto's, like genetics, environmental factors, pregnancy, drugs, nutritional intake, vitamin D receptor, genetic defects, and infections. So they also made a point, and I'm glad they did, that there really isn't enough evidence to show that goitrogens consumed in moderation negatively impact thyroid function. I know there's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet about goitrogens, and if you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, you should you know, 100% avoid goitrogens, and that's just not true. There's no evidence for that. So feel free to consume goitrogens in reasonable amounts, and you'll be fine. So how was this study done? 17 subjects between the ages of 24 and 25 with Hashimoto's disease. Only 16 of them finished the study because one of them got pregnant. And there was a lot of criteria for the selection. So they couldn't have been following an autoimmune paleo diet within 30 days of starting the trial. It was okay for them to be taking thyroid medications. And there was a bunch of other things as well. Obviously certain diseases and things like that. If they had those, they were excluded. So the subjects did a two-week washout period and they filled out Uh, symptom and food questionnaires and they drew blood on all the patients and this is what they did they did TSH total and free T4 total and free T3 and reverse T3 so that's really surprising very very detailed 
thyroid numbers there. Thyroid peroxidase antibodies, antithyroglobulin antibodies, a complete blood count, complete metabolic profile, vitamin D, and a highly sensitive C-reactive protein test. And this measures uh, inflammation in the body. Now, surprisingly, they did an organic acids test and a stool analysis. So the stool analysis is important in Hashimoto's because you want to identify infections like H. pylori and blastocystis hominis parasite and Yersinia enterocolitica and all the other things that can happen in the gut like viruses and bacteria, yeast, parasites. And the organic acids, that's a test I use for overall metabolism. So how well the patient is making energy, how well they're burning fat and protein and carbs. And then it has a lot of great markers on detoxification, some additional gut health markers, neurotransmitters, inflammation, uh, certain amino acids and vitamins and minerals. So you get a lot from an organic acids test. So this is a really comprehensive workup with those blood tests, uh, the stool tests, and the organic acids. So after the two-week washout period, they started a 10-week process, and this included six weeks of food elimination. So they had to eliminate gluten, all grains, including gluten-free grains, dairy, nuts, legumes, nightshades, eggs, coffee, alcohol, seeds, refined sugars, oils, and food additives. So very, very restrictive diet. They couldn't even consume, you know, like rice. Um, and they had to add more nutrient-dense foods like bone broth, fermented foods, seafood, organ meats, and more mono and polyunsaturated fatty acids. So monounsaturated would be olive oil, for example, and then polyunsaturated would be omega-3s from fish. And then they had them do lifestyle modifications. So they went over sleep hygiene with them, and they had support systems and stress management techniques daily movement instructions, and spending more time outdoors. And then there was a four-week maintenance phase with no food reintroductions. So all of the participants, they had the support of health coaches and nutrition professionals, and they helped them with menu planning, grocery shopping, recipes, cooking, uh, lifestyle modification, now, unfortunately, so the authors thought this was a good thing. I didn't think it was a good thing, but they created a private Facebook group uh, for the participants. The issue with this is that Facebook has been shown in the literature to cause anxiety and depression, not to mention Facebook's uh, corrupt and unethical business practices with our privacy. So... I wasn't happy about that. They they could have used a, a different forum other than using something like Facebook. Now, once the 
10 weeks was over, they repeated all of the lab tests, all the blood tests with the thyroid markers, and they redid the stool analysis and the organic acids. And then they also filled out the questionnaires again. So what were the results? So all of the symptoms measured in the questionnaires improved in everyone, and the symptom burden decreased significantly. So everyone felt a lot better. But none of the thyroid blood tests changed with any significance. So the TSH and the T4 and the T3 and the antibodies, no change at all. However, inflammation did decrease significantly. So the C-reactive protein test uh, dropped in everyone. Now, there was a shift in the white blood cell count for the better, and so that indicates improved immune system function. So the author conclusion is that this dietary and lifestyle intervention is successful in reducing inflammation, improving immune system function, and reducing the symptoms associated with Hashimoto's disease. Now, one interesting thing is that six of the participants actually were able to reduce their thyroid medication. And three out of the six were able to decrease it even more after the full 10-week program. So right away, some of them were able to drop their thyroid medication. They just didn't need the, the dose they were on, so they decreased it. And then, and then three more participants uh, lowered their dose even further. So some really good results. So the authors, you know, they they point out the importance of the community support that they had, uh, being in contact with each other, and then the support from the dietitians and the health coaches, the nutrition professionals, plus the doctor support. So that's a big part of feeling better when you have all that support. Because following a restrictive diet, it can be stressful, and adherence is low in a lot of people. So the participants were set up for success from the beginning because of all the support they received. Now, the authors do point out all the weaknesses, like there's no control group, which you really have to have to have a good study. So that would be a group of people not following the diet, but still getting the community support and the nutrition support. Uh, there was a small sample size, so only 16 people. It's not enough to make any strong conclusions. And there was no blinding. So everyone knew they were following a diet that was designed to treat their, the condition they had, which creates a major, major issue. And then there was selection bias of the participants, so also this symptom questionnaire they used, it's actually not a scientifically valid way to track symptoms. And there was a lack of data on how well these participants were sleeping. So this is, you know, prior to the study and during. So how well were they sleeping, their physical activity, what kind of social support did they have, their stress levels. And then there was no reintroduction of foods that were eliminated to see if anything changed. So, again, this is a great start 
to study the potential benefits of a diet, this type of diet for Hashimoto's, but there are many, many weaknesses, so we can't make any strong conclusions. We also don't know if you have to eliminate all of those foods that they did to see good results. So uh, one good, good thing to do would just be to do a study where you just have them eliminate gluten, dairy, and sugar, for example, and then compare that to the full uh, autoimmune paleo diet. Some people, we just don't know, maybe they would do okay with some rice or some nuts, some lentils, etc., etc. It'd be really hard, though, because we'd have to have large numbers of people with specific uh, food um, restrictions and study before and after and see how they do compared to the other groups. And like I mentioned, the other big weakness is that the study participants, they knew they were following the autoimmune paleo diet. And so we know in psychoneuroimmunology, that research that what you know, what you believe, it changes your biochemistry in every way. So for example, if you give someone with allergies a sugar pill, but they're told that they're taking a drug that's designed to treat allergies, there's about a 60 to 70% chance that they're going to see improvement in their allergies. And some of them, their allergies will completely go away when they take it, even though it's just a sugar pill. So what we know, what we believe profoundly impacts our results and how we feel. So this is why blinding is so important. They shouldn't have known they were following a diet that's designed to treat their condition. Now, the inflammation decreased, which is a great time, but we would expect that. I mean, you'll decrease inflammation just removing gluten and dairy from your diet. So none of the thyroid numbers changed, not even a drop in thyroid antibodies. But if I, I looked in more detail, and most of these participants, they had antibody levels already below 500. And so those are clinically insignificant. And I've uh, written about this research before that shows if thyroid antibodies are less than 500, then you don't have to chase them anymore. There's no increased risk of uh, further developing hypothyroidism or symptoms getting worse. So if the diet had been followed for a longer period of time, maybe we would have seen a further uh, drop in thyroid numbers. But I would agree with the authors that the biggest variable here is the community support and the support of the health coaches and the nutrition professionals and the doctors. So we know that when you have community support, you actually just make better food choices. And also community and practitioner support, that will reduce inflammation, improve your mood, improve your hormones and your neurotransmitters. So we don't know if just giving someone with Hashimoto's disease a lot of support like this and they just followed a healthy diet, uh, how well they would do. So, you know, if they were just instructed on avoiding processed foods and avoiding sugar and eating a lot more fruits and vegetables, uh, 
and uh, healthy protein and healthy fat and all those kinds of things, plus the community support, may yield the same results. So again, we can't specifically say that this is the autoimmune paleo diet that did this. There's too many too many variables. Because the autoimmune paleo diet, it just there's no junk food in it at all. And so we don't know if just removing junk food uh, would yield good results as well. So a lot of unknowns, but it is a very promising start. I do applaud the researchers for putting all this together. I know they went through a lot to do this. They had to do some crowdfunding, and they spent a lot of their own time uh, following these patients. I don't think they were paid, and so they they did a lot, and I really appreciate that, you know, what they did. So it is a, a, a great study, a great start uh, with just a few weaknesses that can be ironed out in the future, but you have to start somewhere. This is a free paper. If you want to read the whole thing, there's a detailed write-up of every single participant that was in the study. So you can see what was found on their stool analysis, <coughs> what was found on their organic acids, their exact thyroid numbers, and things like that. So go to drhedberg.com and you'll see my, my breakdown on this. And I link to the study as well as some other valuable resources there. So take care, everyone, and I'll talk to you next time. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels like Facebook and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G dot com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.